ces poulets-tu déjeunent? Ces poulets-tu déjeunent? Oh, ces poulets-tu déjeunent? Oh, ces poulets-tu amazing people of Central Vineyard. One morning last week I found myself at yet another park with Isla who's six and Willow who's three. The difference this time was it was 7.30 in the morning. Both girls had woken up in the foulest of moods and channeling their inner beasts they were at each other's throats. Now you'd think that Isla being three years older than Willow would easily dominate in both verbal and physical attacks. However, proudly or worryingly so, Willow can hold her own on both fronts. She's a beast. At some point that morning, both girls were again in tears and screaming at each other, and I was over it. So I did what any decent parent wanting to teach their kids a lesson would do. I threw them in the car, bought them McDonald's, and went to a nearby playground. I know, my parenting book is coming out next month. You're welcome. As I sat awkwardly swinging backwards and forwards in the children's swing, eating the girls' leftover McDonald's and medicating myself with an energy drink, I began to have a good old-fashioned pity party. This sucks. No other kids are here. You know why? Because they're probably still in bed or playing nicely with their siblings. Ugh, there's another 12 hours to go before they're in bed again. Today is going to be rubbish. I won't be able to do any of the things I wanted to do. What a waste of a day. At this point, I was reminded of something I had heard Francis Chan mention when referring to these times of lockdowns. He specifically encouraged fathers to not miss the opportunity to parent and lead and to engage with their kids. In that moment of conviction, I realized the best thing I could do to love my girls was to engage with them and to play with them even though there were a number of things I could have been doing. There was a beauty about engaging and loving them amidst the ordinary and everyday activities, such as another playground visit. With that, I ended my pity party, gave myself an uppercut, and went and played with them. They were stoked, as was I. This idea of engaging with and loving in the ordinary, everyday things of life leads us to the next part in our Being There, Done That series, by the way of Brother Lawrence a lay brother of the Carmelite Monastery in Paris in the 1600s. What we know of Brother Lawrence and his way of life is mostly attributed to a little book called The Practice of the Presence of God. This book comprises 15 letters and four conversations that were compiled a few years after Brother Lawrence's death. It's a short read and I recommend you get your hands on a copy. It's full of goodness. Talking about Brother Lawrence, A.W. Tozer said, quote, One of the purest souls ever to live on this fallen planet was Nicolas Hermann, known as Brother Lawrence. He wrote very little, but what he wrote has seemed to several generations of Christians to be so rare and so beautiful as to deserve a place near the top among the world's greatest books of devotion. The writings of Brother Lawrence are ultimate in simplicity ideas woven like costly threads to make a pattern of great beauty." 
at a time where perhaps our usual rhythms and practices of worshipping and communing with God may have been disturbed, I thought it timely to introduce you or reacquaint you with Brother Lawrence, who developed a way of walking continually in God's presence, not from the head, but with the heart, through the ordinary, the simple, and the everyday. Firstly, a bit about Brother Lawrence to set the scene. Brother Lawrence was born Nicolas Hermann in France, sometime around 1610. Little is known about his early life, but we do know he came from a poor peasant family and that poverty forced him into the army, which guaranteed him food, shelter and a small sum of money each month. As a young soldier, he fought in the Thirty Years' War, considered to be one of the most destructive wars in European history, killing between an estimated 5 to 8 million people. His service as a soldier came to an end where, in an attack, he sustained a near-fatal injury to his sciatic nerve. This injury left him crippled and he suffered with chronic pain for the rest of his life. Post his time as a soldier, Nicholas spent a time in the wilderness, living like one of the early Desert Fathers. After that, he spent a short time working as a civil servant, as a footman. Now, fans of Downton Abbey will know, a footman's role is to assist the butler serving at the table, answering the door, and running errands. Nicholas's role as a footman was short-lived because, in his own words, he was a footman who was, quote, clumsy and who broke everything, end quote. It was around the age of 26 that Nicholas decided to enter himself into the Discalus Carmelite Monastery in Paris as a way of paying some sort of penance for his clumsiness and awkwardness. He thought by entering a monastery, he'd be sacrificing his life and all the pleasures that come with it to God. However, he was wildly mistaken. In a conversation with a friend, he recalled that God had, quote, disappointed him as he had experienced nothing but satisfaction in giving his life over to him, end quote. Upon entering the monastery, he took the name Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. And taking on the lowest position as cook, he spent his first 15 years preparing and cooking meals for his fellow brothers and washing pots and pans. He called himself, quote, the servant to the servants of God, end quote. After 15 years of working in the kitchen, his leg became ulcerated, so his superiors assigned him to the easier task of repairing and maintaining a hundred pairs of sandals, to which he spent the rest of his days. It was during his years as cook and sandal repairer where Brother Lawrence developed his method of going to God and communing with Him, which he called the practice of the presence of God. This method involved going about his ordinary, everyday business without any view of pleasing men, but purely for the love of God. He said he had read many books about going to God and developing spiritual practices, yet he had always come away puzzled. He just wanted to figure out how to give himself wholly to God. So in finding no answers, he decided he would live his life as if there was nothing but him and God in the world, and, as far as he was capable, do everything for the love of God. In his words, he resolved to, quote, give the all for the all, end quote. Whether he was washing dishes, repairing sandals, or engaging in set times of prayer, he would, quote, worship God as often as he could, keeping his mind in his holy presence and recalling it as often as it wandered from him, end quote. 
This method of continually drawing near to God, conversing with him throughout the course of the day, did not come easy. Brother Lawrence said that it was a painful exercise, yet he continued on despite all the difficulties that came with it. He said, quote, In order to form a habit of conversing with God continually and referring all we do to him, we must at first apply to him with some diligence, but that after a little care we should find his love inwardly excites us to it without any difficulty. End quote. It was in the everyday, continual, and more often than not, silent conversation with God that Brother Lawrence found a deep satisfaction, joy, and connection with his Maker. Doing everything for the love of God meant it didn't matter what he was doing. He naturally had a great aversion to working in the kitchen, yet doing it for the love of God meant he found joy in it, and it became easy. Brother Lawrence was so convinced of his method of continually walking in the presence of God, he said, Quote, if I were a preacher, I would only preach the practice of the presence of God. End quote. Over time, word of Brother Lawrence's method spread and people would come from all over to hear from a lowly cook and glean what they could. Brother Lawrence died at the age of 81, having practiced God's presence for over 40 years. It is said that his last days were just like the rest of his monastic life, where every hour of every day, was a new beginning and a fresh commitment to love God with all his heart. Looking at Brother Lawrence's life, there is much we could learn from him, but I wanted to focus on a few observations that I pray will be encouraging and thought-provoking for you as you turn to God in the season. Firstly, we can be with God in ordinary places. As aforementioned, we currently find ourselves in times where some of our usual rhythms of worshipping and communing with God have changed. We're not currently able to gather to worship on Sunday mornings. Circles and other community groups can't meet in the same place to pray, to worship and engage in scripture. Options that were once on the table aren't available to us. And while Zoom and video conversations are beneficial, they pale in comparison to in-person connection and community. While this is unfortunate and it's right to grieve and miss what was, Brother Lawrence shows us that regardless of where we find ourselves, or what we find ourselves doing, we can have a deep and rich connection with God. Our forms and expressions of worship and prayer are just that, forms and expressions. They can change and that's okay. God doesn't change. Whether you're singing your heart out with a bunch of others or quietly singing away to Him during your morning shower, it's pleasing to Him. Whether you're praying with your weekly prayer group or praying by yourself as you load the dishwasher, it's pleasing to him. He hears you the same. What matters is not how or where we engage with God, but that we do engage with God. A God who loves us and desires connection with us, regardless of our state. In talking about coming before God in a broken state, Brother Lawrence said, quote, The King full of mercy and goodness, very far from chastising me, embraces me with love, makes me eat at his table, serves me with his own hands, gives me the key of his treasures. He converses and delights himself with me incessantly, in a thousand and a thousand ways, and treats me in all respects as though I were his favourite." What a beautiful picture. I suspect would experience a similar response. 
Secondly, we attempted to be dualistic about how we approach our ordinary life. I've had many conversations with people about God and life over the years, and a common theme keeps coming through. We differentiate between our spiritual and physical life, or our church life and the rest of our life. If we were having that conversation with Brother Lawrence, I imagine he would be shaking his head at us gently and saying, oh, it doesn't have to be like this, my friends. To him, there is no differentiation between various aspects of his life. He had one life whose sole purpose was to love God in whatever he did and wherever he was. Brother Lawrence was so convinced of this that he found no difference between the scheduled times of prayer and times of washing the dishes, saying, quote, It was a great delusion to think that the times of prayer ought to differ from other times. We are as strictly obliged to adhere to God by action and time of action as by prayer in the season of prayer. End quote. I find there is such freedom in looking at life through this lens, because it doesn't matter where we are or what we are doing, if we're doing it for the love of God. Brother Lawrence taught us that we can converse and engage with God through our normal and everyday existence, if only we would. This means a parent who is at yet another playground can converse with God. An overworked nurse working a 12 to 15 hour shift can converse with God. And a student studying for their end of year exams can converse with God. Wherever you find yourself, you can converse and engage with God, and it is pleasing to Him. When encouraging a friend who was a soldier, Brother Lawrence said, quote, Think of God as often as you can, especially in the greatest dangers. A little lifting up of the heart suffices, a little remembrance of God, one act of inward worship. Though upon a march and sword in hand, are prayers which, however short, are nevertheless very acceptable to God. And far from lessening a soldier's courage in occasions of danger, they best serve to fortify it. End quote. Finally, I love that Brother Lawrence was himself just ordinary. He was described as a simple, rough and plain-spoken man who shunned attention and the limelight. There is a beautiful ordinariness about him that I find compelling and refreshing. We live in an age where ordinariness is definitely not celebrated. Oh Lord, may I be anything but ordinary, we might say. We're enveloped in a culture that says, be your best self and live your best life. Strangely enough, be ordinary doesn't have the same ring to it. Our world is obsessed with the best, the great, the high achievers and the qualities that make them so. There are whole industries that involve studying high achievers and men and women of influence to somehow distill what it is that makes them great. These findings are then packaged up in the form of biographies, documentaries, and other paid-for content. As consumers, we devour them in the faint hope that something we hear or see may unlock the greatness in our own lives, or at the very least, give us something to emulate. Sadly, the Christian world is often subject to the same allurement of greatness. We have Christian personalities, high achievers and influence that we look up to. We follow, we like, we retweet, we share their musings online. We're first in line to buy their latest book. We consume all the content we can in the hope that we may pick up something that will transform us. 
something that will give us a cutting edge that will lead to greatness or spiritual advancement. While there's nothing inherently wrong with aiming high and learning from others, in fact there's wisdom in it, there is a danger if the motives behind it are to make us great and to bring glory to ourselves. Brother Lawrence challenges us that it may be in forgetting ourselves and with simplicity, humility and an openness to God that we become fully alive. For Brother Lawrence to live his best life meant to be shaped by God, to be moulded into the person God wanted him to be. He would pray, quote, Lord, make me according to thy heart. End quote. May that become our own prayer too. So Central Vineyard, as you go about your week, completing your normal, everyday tasks, I encourage you to turn your hearts towards God. Don't wait until Sunday or your circle's weekly Zoom meeting. Turn to Him when you're preparing dinner, when you're getting your kids ready for bed, or when you're lining up at the supermarket. He'll be there, ready for you. May you love God in the ordinary. Arahanui, Rob. Oh, 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 oh,